Is there something that you would rather be doing? Is there somewhere you would rather be living? I'm Kat Caldwell-Myers, and if this is you, I totally get you. I have lived a lot of my life in those states, and I've done a lot of work around understanding what drives us in the adventure paradox, why we don't do the thing we're really called to do, and what happens when we do or discover that thing is right here, right now. Let's go. All right. So hello, Facebook. Welcome, social media world. It's Kat Caldwell-Myers here. This is a live broadcast of the Adventure Paradox podcast, and I have with me a very, very special guest. I'm so excited to welcome Jasmine Monka and the dear Foxy, a cat named Foxy. Let's start with you, Foxy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so excited that we're here. I've just shared this live to my page as well. So if there's anyone who is joining us live right now, just make sure to say hello because we are so excited to hear from you always, even if you're watching the replay as well. I know Kat loves going back on the comments as well and just seeing how this podcast can serve you as well, especially if you're coming from my end as well. Just let us know that you're here. Let us know that you're tuning in live. And I'm just so honored and grateful to be a guest here today. So thank oh, you, Kat, for inviting me. Thanks, Jasmine. And I know Foxy took off for a minute. So let's yeah. start with your story and your story of you know, coming here onto the planet, your message really centers around wisdom about wealth being. Will you tell us a little bit about the world you were born into, where you were born, what your family was like, and what happened in those first years that shaped you? Absolutely. Thank you so much. So I think when I was uh, born, obviously, you know, I... I didn't know much in terms of like, what does that mean? Like, what does wealth mean? What does health mean? It's just, you know, born as a normal kid, very grateful. I was born healthy and actually I wasn't sick that often. I was very, I was very fortunate or I am very fortunate to be born into a family that was financially well off. And my mother had escaped Romania when she was 18 years old. So she did not come from wealth. Neither did my father. He worked really hard with collecting coals and then getting a carriage and then getting a horse with a cart. And then, you know, the kind of story. Same with my mom, peeling potatoes when she was um, 18 years old, not speaking the language, you know, needing to escape a country due to communism. So there was always a lot of hardship involved. So my mentality that I was brought up with was, you know, you have to be deserving of success. You have to work really hard to be able to um, get successful. You have to like money, money basically kills you because that's what happened to my dad. You know, when I was a couple of, a couple of days after my 10th birthday, my father passed because of overworking and just constantly being sick. And I, was so afraid of being successful, but also not not being successful that I created so much pressure on myself where I was like, oh my God, um, it's bad to not be successful because it means that I'm just lazy and you know I have to prove the worthiness that I come from a wealthy family and God forbid anything was handed to me for free. I have to prove that I have worked very hard to accomplish these things on my own, right? And if I didn't, if I didn't work really hard, I felt so much guilt, right? So overachieving in school, making sure that I always got top-notch grades, always overperforming. But of course, my health suffered. 
my mental health, my emotional health. And there wasn't really a balance in my life where, you know, of course, the first thing that we want to do is numb ourselves with whatever choice of numbness we choose, whether it is social media, whether it is, you know, dating the wrong guys or, you know, I don't know. I loved listening to music. So Eminem and Ever Levine were my two best friends. My first album was Curtain Call. And it was just like, that was the vibe. Black Eyed Peas, you know, like all the vibes. And it was amazing because it really helped me cope with so much. And I didn't really understand how I was using music to heal as well. And then uh, when I got my first cat, my father was still alive. So we still had an animal where he was there. But then I got my cat, not this cat right here, but my cat (laughs) that actually cat also met. We have a big story here for everyone. It's going to blow your minds. Cat also met, was with me for 16 slash 17 years. And she was my spirit animal. She was the love of my life. She was the one, she was the the shoulder I could cry on when I went through my first breakup, you know, everything in life. I always had my animal to cry on (laughs) and they would always be there for me. And then long story short, Kat was in my elite mastermind. And in that sense of transition, people and souls that are destined to be on a mission together, they stay the same because we are all connected. And that's how Kat helped me manifest Foxy because the last moments that I looked into my previous cat's eyes, I I heard this message come through of saying, it's okay, my body will be gone, but I will find you again. And multiple sessions, Kat, this cat right here, (laughs) Kat Caldwell Nice, was here in the house saying, okay, don't worry, the animal will find back to you, you will manifest, we will manifest them again. And that's how a cat named Foxy was born and manifested into reality because a fox was always my spirit animal and he looks like a miniature fox. (laughs) So that's it. Yeah. Oh, Oh my gosh. I love that story so much. And he totally does. And it was amazing to witness and be in the front row seat witnessing your transformation as you called this animal back in. And I truly believe that they pick us, but we have to be ready. We have to be willing. And I understand because at the same time that you were going through your process, I was going through my own healing, preparing my heart for another pony, if you remember, because there was a a deep grief of losing this pony and feeling how can we ever love again and when, and you're not ready until you're ready. And so I think anybody who's listening to this, who's in that space of the the pain, or maybe you're preparing for the pain because I know, and I haven't heard too much, but your older cat who you lost, you knew for a while it was difficult at the end that it was her time to go. And that is also a very challenging space to be in. What would you offer your wisdom, especially because I feel like you're so uniquely designed that it plays back to also losing your father and seeing what that was and then seeing what we humans do, especially around wealth, which makes us not wealth beings, but wealth doings, right? And then getting sick, sick and wealthy. You know, there's that story I'm thinking of with Tony Robbins and I think the wealthiest man in, I don't remember what country, but he says, He's really unhealthy. Just visibly, you can see that he's not well. And he says that man is not the wealthiest man in this country. But what would you say just just to connect those dots around health and healing and loss specifically? I think it's the same as in 
you can have a lot of money and not enjoy it. And you can have a lot of love and not enjoy it if you're focused on the lack of it. If you're with someone, and for example, my grandmother, she's 86 years old, and I am well aware that these are going to be her golden years, and we practice our affirmation mantras and hypno dance every single day. In fact, actually, I was just downstairs picking up Foxy from grandma daycare um, because she loves playing with. He's like, can I play with Foxy? And I just noticed, you know, just to throw that in, how much happier she is when he is around and how much it calms her of this like little walking purification crystal ball of light and love. Oh my God, <laughs> you know, but I could be focused on the fact that I only have this and this amount of time left and not enjoy the moment that I actually have her around because I used to um be under the influence of loss and fear of abandonment and grief and sadness, where it's, you never know if this is going to be the last goodbye, but that's not the same energy of being like, make sure you're present with this person and appreciate the time you have with them right now, because you can be with someone, but already be focused on the loss of them and you can never actually enjoy it. And it will feel in your mind, like it's never enough. It's like the focus of loss and lack and not having versus I have this moment, the fact that we're here right now, I love spending time with you, Kat, but I missed you because it's been like two weeks since I had the chance to talk to you on the mastermind call. But when we are together, for example, when we are together, it's like, oh my God, yes, I love this. So not focusing on the lack, the love of, you know, oh yeah, um, of of all that that is um, missing, right? Because it's like, you can be super wealthy, but if you're constantly afraid of people are going to come take it from you, it's dangerous. It's not safe to be wealthy. It, what are people going to think you're going to be, it's like you create suffering, even though you're in such an abundant position, right? So it's like, that's, I think the biggest issue. It's like, you can have so much love, love is all around. You can have so much money, money is all around, but if you are not focused on the having of it, but you actually constantly focused on grief, and I think the biggest lesson that my previous cat taught me was our bodies, our humans, our animals, our, you know, our external situations, <laughs> they might leave and they might need rest. But it doesn't mean that the soul is going to be with us in some way, shape or form. In fact, I was only 10 years old. So the level of conversation that I had with my father was nothing compared to the ability of me being able to feel his presence and his energy now and the guidance that he is helping me through creating so much wealth and abundance, multi-millions, millions, and actually teach that in my client, for my clients, for my conscious millionaire clients, for my freedom printer clients. It is this ancient wisdom, not because, you know, I'm 28 years old. Yeah, but my dad is a lot older and also, you know, my ancestors and my guides and that connection. It's not about the human years. I'm like, yeah, I'm 28 in human years. But the wealth of knowledge and the wealth being of wisdom that I have the honor of tapping into and using in my work, you know, that there's no number on that. It's infinite. So just to, to sum this up, it's so important to appreciate and acknowledge and value the things that you do have right now, instead of already creating suffering when there needs to be no suffering and mm. knowing that the cycle never stops. Every ending is a new beginning. Every person that goes, there will be another person coming. It's of course easier said than done, but that's the intention we can set. Mm, absolutely. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. It has me thinking about so many things. Um, the grandmother energy I want to tap into a little bit here. 
I had a, a really cool experience this weekend. It was August 30th is my grandma's anniversary of her birthday. Uh, oh, but yeah. This is, yeah, this is the second one. She hasn't been with us. So it popped up though from 2021, our last time with her and she loved gardens. She was such a gardener, right? And I remember being outside with her that day and there was this beautiful pot with these pansies. And she was like, why don't you go ahead and pick those? And pansies aren't a flower you usually pick. I said, well, I don't know. I think they're nice. Why don't we leave them here? And she said, I don't know why you wouldn't pick them. They won't get any better. And my grandma was suffering from dementia. And so it was an understanding that she wasn't going to get any better. But we have this moment, like the flower, this moment where we can have this time together in this season, each season, a new memory. And so then they're popping up on my phone. Anyway, long story short, we were at this wedding and we ended up in a really bad uh, hotel situation with no space. <laughs> and they brought the rollaways in for the kids, but it was like a fire has. So I needed to change my state. I went out and took a run <laughs> and I'm thinking this or better, this or better. Give me peace about this, how we're going to do three nights like this or this or better. And grandma led me to the top of this hill to this little bed and breakfast called Katie's Inn. And it turns out, and it's this incredible garden. It turns out that Katie was the grandmother, the favorite grandmother of the original owner. So the thing is, even when they're on the other side, they're still working with us, you know, whether it's our animals or our grandmothers, our ancestors, like just understanding the deep level. And one of the things that I've come to see about grief is that it's like, it's like digging a hole, you know, it's this depth because we were just in this wedding. Talk about the love. It's this like expansive, you know, beautiful princess wedding dress dancing. Oh my gosh, Jasmine, you would love this. There was a salad. It was, it was on a big organic farm. Right. And so they made the salad in a wheelbarrow, like fresh salad. In this oh. It was so amazing, but I feel like grief helps us expand our capacity for love and understanding of it. And folks who have not been through that love and loss cycle, which animals, because they don't live as long as we do, generally the house pets we're talking about, cats, dogs, horses, et cetera, we get to go through that life cycle with them. Yeah. And then it's not over. Like you're talking about, it continues on the other side because they're part of us forever, that like nonverbal love and healing. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say just about grandmother wisdom. I have another direction I want to go with this, but go ahead. Yeah. I just feel like it is a hard thing. And my mother was like, I'm never going to have an animal again because I never want to go through this again because we've had so many pets. Like there's literally kids at school who would make fun of me of being like, you have two dogs and six cats and hamsters. And I, I, you know, built a little pond in the background in the yard where I would dig out and like, you know, buy fish and like, we still have fish. And it's just like, I love animals. And every single time I went on a beach, I would bring home like a little salamander, you know, to just play with. And I built him a little house. So like I was always obsessed with animals, but there was always that death component that is kind of a downer. Let's just put it that way. You know, like kind of sucks, you know, and and it's like that is it. People shy away from love because of the fear of losing it. So it's a shame to not love more because of the fear of what happens if I no longer have it. Same with wealth and and everything that we actually want. It's like we almost forbid ourselves to want it because we're so afraid of not having it anymore. Um, but if we just learn through healthy ways, and I mean, this is something that I know you're going to be teaching about and something that I teach about a lot, emotional mastery, emotional intelligence. And in your particular case, being able to actually use 
animals as a quote-unquote tool and as an assistance of connection of allowing us to actually learn through them is is just profound because I think it would be a shame to not find the love of your life or not find that love because of the fear of losing loss abandonment grief right so yeah there's that to it but I'll let you lead into the direction I'm curious to see what comes next (laughs) um so I do want to talk a little bit about beauty but then we'll circle back to the adventure paradox itself because it plays right into what you were just talking about with people not even going because they're afraid they might fail or lose someone etc etc um Talking about grandmothers, though, while while we're on this subject, and talking about beauty and aging, and you know, one thing I've witnessed with my grandmothers, one of them is still with us, thank God, and I'm so blessed, and she is exquisitely beautiful, and just celebrated a 70 year wedding anniversary. They had a big party this weekend, right? So, what do you think about beauty and about aging and your own transformations in life, but also what you've seen in your mother and your grandmother? What are your thoughts about beauty for women? Hey, Kat here for a quick commercial break. If you haven't heard my book, The Adventure Paradox is available on Amazon And it's been getting some really amazing reviews. It's actually been a little bit overwhelming uh, and maybe too much to say in the middle of this interview. So we'll get back to it. But I did want to let you know it is available. It was a bestseller in six categories. And if you really enjoy this podcast, I think you will really enjoy this book. So please go check it out. Um, beauty, I I mean, it it sounds cheesy, but I do believe that beauty is created from within because I mean, you know, my transformation. So there was, um, a picture where I just completely look very different. And I think it is that work. And I think, oh my God, this is actually coming full circle, Kat. This is how we connected. I do believe in, in cellular upgrades in our entire body. And I think that is just something that gets to change and shift. And there's some people who just look very young for their age. My grandma, for example, she looks very um, young. She looks very vibrant. She looks absolutely incredible for age. She's jumping up and down every single day, dancing around. And that, I believe, comes from life force energy. So I believe that instead of putting on, like, for example, if, if I have deaf, dark circles or something, I don't try, I mean, of course I use the creams, right? And I have different products that I actually, I recommend it to you as well that I love. Beyond that, I look on a deeper level. I look what's actually happening inside of me because I believe that our external is just a reflection of what's going on in our internal. It's just, that's the way of letting us know. Like if my knees hurt or something hurts, I'm like, okay, well, what is creating this? I tap into that inner knowledge and guidance. Of course, I do the human things on the external side and I take care of that. But I think it is so important to take care of our human because we only got one of those for this lifetime. Like you only got one of those, you know, it's like, where are you going to live for this lifetime? You know, it's like, if you want to enjoy your journey in this current lifetime, it's up to you to take maintenance because you can buy another car, you can buy another house, but people don't understand that the the body is not something you can just buy again. I mean, unless you're in Harry Potter and you can grow bones and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like I, I do believe in miracles and, and Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and, you know, regrowing kidneys and stuff like that's insane. I do believe in that. In fact, my mother, actually, she was so afraid of having her eyes lasered that she manifested her eyesight back. 
So can you imagine you can create so much through fear? It's like she went to the, she's like, the glasses are broken. Like they, 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 my eyesight obviously got worse, but I can see without them. It's weird. She's like, oh, did you have your eye lasered? Because you have a hundred percent. And I actually had my eyes lasered. So I do believe in willpower. It's because she saw that in the secret and she's like, oh, if, if they can do that, I can do that. And my mom has such a strong will that she literally manifested her eyesight. Like it wasn't bad, but it was, you know, getting worse with age. And she's like, I'm not available for it. And I don't like the way they look. It's like, she is such a queen. Like she doesn't like that. She cares about aesthetic in the most beautiful way um, where she just completely shifted and it's insane. So. Wow. I love that so much. And it's actually, it's making me think a little bit about wealth too. You know, we're born with certain gifts, so you might be born with wealth, but there's a difference between accepting wealth or receiving it, like receiving. Okay. So my daughter has really curly hair. She wants straight hair, right? (laughs) Versus doing the work of making your own. So my, my youngest daughter, who's got the really, really corkscrew, you know, Shirley Temple hair is five. So she is not yet going to be uh, doing the flat iron on her own. (laughs) But every three or four months, it's all she wants when she gets her hair cut. But what are your thoughts just coming from that inner knowing of making your own money versus receiving wealth, especially from, from family or another source beyond what you make or how you see yourself, your own work. This is quite a strong comment that is coming through. I think it's almost an insult to our ancestors if we don't receive their wealth. I've never said it like this before, and I've never felt it like this before. But the way I'm thinking about it in this moment, it's like, imagine my dad would be here and he would be like, why are you not enjoying this? Like, I worked so hard to provide this for you. And you're almost insulting me of being like, why can't you just enjoy it and appreciate it? And of course, create your own, because I do think it's it's healthy and it's important. And I love building my own wealth and I love being independent. I love being financially independent. I love all of that. But why does it have to be separate? And I think there's this huge topic that I want to really talk more about. It's like all the people who are watching online right now that are creating successful businesses and are claiming to be wealthy and are going to be wealthy even more. And the people that we help in our masterminds, they're hopefully going to make a lot of money. So hopefully their kids are going to be born rich. So if you already have something against wealthy people and rich people and that, it's like, you're basically criticizing your kids already before they're born. You know, it's like, hopefully your kids are going to be born rich. Isn't that the idea of creating generational wealth? Because I believe in generational wealth and I believe in creating something solid and not a start and stop business where it's like, yeah, I had a 10K month or yeah, I had a 100K month or yeah, I had a quarter million dollar month. But then wow, 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 like nothing happened and, and it's all gone and it doesn't work that way. It's like, that's not so much what I'm interested in. I'm all about creating a life, a quality of life, security, safety, freedom, solid, you know, and people, maybe there's this trend old money, but let's talk about new money. Let's talk about consistent wealth, generational wealth. Let's talk about solid, calm nervous system and just feeling wealthy all round. Not okay. Today I feel wealthy tomorrow. I don't, it's like you are wealthy full stop. So I think it's super important, especially, you know, whether you are born wealthy or not born wealthy or whatever, you know, your definition of wealth is, if you're watching this, It's important that you know, number one, and I spoke about this a lot on my podcast yesterday, that I am capable now, right? You can you can create wealth now. It's up to you. You always have been capable. You always will be capable. The scenarios of entangling and creating it more complicated because we don't feel worthy of it just being easy, that's our problem. That's not the money that's creating this problem. That's our work, right? 
So allowing ourselves to receive wealth and just allowing ourselves to be in tune with the financial situation that you have, whether you consider yourself to be uh, poor in terms of money, but again, the richest person on the world is is so poor. Some some rich people on this world are so poor, all they have is money. So that doesn't make you rich as a human either. So I think it's just really tapping into knowing like what kind of wealth do you want to receive? Can you receive wealth all around you? For example, imagine your husband or your wife or someone in your family is really wealthy or you're, you have a rich uncle, whatever, and they want to give you wealth, but you don't want to accept it. You're blocking off the entire receiving of the universe of more money. It's it's something to do with the worthiness and the deserving part of needing to prove or the struggle, like holding onto the struggle for no good reason. Nobody's better off. Nobody. So, yeah. I love that. And it's bringing me back to uh, Debbie Ford, who certified me as a life coach. She said, it's not the thing itself. It's the meaning we ascribe to the thing. 100%. Right? Like right there. I mean, and, and money, I'll never forget learning this. We, I believe the word is anthropomorphize, that money is its own thing, you know, that it has a soul or et cetera, et cetera. And the truth is money is like just money, you know, yes, there's an energy to it, but I feel like unlike an animal, which really has this real and real enemy. That was really odd. (laughs) Real energy is what I meant to say, but that's interesting. And maybe the enemy is that fear that that's going to die. Whereas money, we know in our hearts that we're making up all these stories about it. And it's especially true. I think you're in Germany right now. I know you have a place in Dubai and you've got a place going on in Bali, you know, so you have been all around the world and seen lots of different cultures and how they relate to wealth. But I feel like in America, we have some really interesting stories about what money means. And we also have some really interesting stories about our pets because we love our pets in America so much. Have you traveled with Foxy to the States yet? Well, this is kind of funny. So Foxy, okay, this is going to be a little bit extra, but it's okay. My cat named Foxy, he is an Arabian cat. Uh, he now has a German passport. And the only time he traveled was in a private jet. from <laughs> So awesome. Okay. But tomorrow, actually, we are flying together for the very first time in a normal plane. So I'm very excited to uh, report back on how that went on our on our mastermind call on Monday. Um, so I'll be tuning in live from a different European country as well that I'll be revealing very soon. So, yeah, I love it. OK, so we're going to hear a little bit more about what it's like to travel with Foxy, but you haven't been to the States with him yet. No. Well, and it's interesting because, again, in America, emotional support animals became such a thing. My my aunt is a flight attendant uh, for United currently, and she said people were bringing donkeys on board. Now, believe me, I'm a total horse person, but like that is why they uh, stopped allowing emotional support animals, which which was really a bummer. My my dogs are certified as emotional support animals, uh, my only dog now, and we weren't able to travel with them anymore. You have to put them under. And and I did that once with Shadow and did a little research around it. So basically when they're in the cargo area, they don't do anything for their ears. So folks are traveling around with, you know, tractors moving luggage and it's really loud. Beep, beep, beep. And when Shadow came out, it was like she'd been in a war zone. She like couldn't hear us and was like really freaked out. And that's when I said, I'm never going to travel with her in cargo again, right? We're going to figure out how to 
help her be in coach because she's part of the family and she ought to be treated, you know, she can, she can be in the home in the, yeah. you know, the seats with us, but that has changed in America. So I'm going to be kind of curious to hear how it goes for you. Uh, hopefully. Yeah. I have plans to travel with Foxy because obviously I signed up for another platinum partnership with Tony Robbins. So I will be actively taking Foxy. This is kind of funny. There is, there's something happening in Los Angeles and I'm actually flying over, um, our social media manager, Chloe, who will be pet sitting Foxy <laughs> for one week while I'm in Maui going to, to a Tony Robbins event. And um, my social media manager will be, you know, I'm flying her over for the event that we're hosting, but also she'll be pet sitting Foxy. So that is going to be interesting as well. <laughs> I love it. Well, and this is part of this is like the paradox of pet owners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is your pet and now you have to think about it and take care of it all the time, even when you're not with it, right? How has it changed you? And and I always say, if you love an animal and you want to get to know it better, try traveling with it. What has this journey been like with you and Foxy these first six months together? How old is he now? Uh, He was born on the 30th of October and I have him since the 27th of January. So I've had him for around um, eight months now. And yeah, so he's about to turn a year uh, next month, which I'm excited. It has been very interesting and I feel like I can see when I'm in an energy of calmness he comes close to me and when I am in an energy of more you know agitation or there's a lot of things going on like he takes a space and it's beautiful to witness my own energy as well he's very he's always close to me like he always when I go to the restaurant he comes with me I kind of love that cats are like awake 24 7 like you can have a 3 a.m download and like journaling session on the floor and then your pet will just like join you it's not like a human when they're like I want to sleep you know it's like they're just awake they're they're available (laughs) to hang out 24 7 which I'm obsessed with then I he knows how to sit. He listens to his name. He is very calm. Like people are like very surprised on how well educated he is because I do take time to train him. Funnily enough, he doesn't really play. Like he doesn't care about like play things. Like he's just like, what is this? Like he's very elegant and calm. And at the beginning he was quite playful, but I I, I just feel like he really is part of the family and my my entire family loves him so much. Like my grandmother is obsessed with him. And I know if she's ever not feeling so well, then I just give her Foxy and she will feel better. So, yeah. Yeah. It's that nonverbal communication, that unconditional love, and also the mirroring of our animals, right? You were saying like, I'm calm, he's calm. Something you talk a lot about with taking care of ourselves and self-care and not you know, basically running ourselves ragged in our business or in our lives or, you know, whatever it is we're doing is sleep (laughs) and cats of the three animals I'm going to talk about at the global thought leader conference this week, they sleep 16 hours a day on average. So although they will wake up and do the download with us, they also really appreciate their sleep. And one thing I discovered as I was writing the book and also meditating and reflecting on these three different pets and how they've affected me and my children is that cats remind us to lay down and chill and nap a little bit. Right. And I feel like a lot of that is sort of that meditative state. I was thinking about this morning as my cat is welcoming us back from the wedding, you know, and he's like, 
we have a lot of heart to heart catching up to do. He's purring on me, you know what I mean? But what would you say about sort of, you know, is it that theta state or what is it that cats, when they invite us to really relax and slow down our nervous system and just, just cuddle? Yeah, I think, I think it's in general, just his energy and his presence around him. You know, I think it's just, I think obviously I believe in the oxytocin, like immediately when you hug a cat, you just feel this innate sense of love if if you choose to, obviously, and if you like cats, right? So if you don't like cats, maybe not so much. But I think in general, it just allows us to, to go deeper and calm down and just feel loved and not feel alone and not feel so worried and just have the sense of belonging. I think for me, because I travel so much and now knowing that Foxy will be coming with me, it's like, I'm never going to really be alone, you know, because I'm traveling solo now and it's it's like Foxy's always going to be there. And I think it's it's actually quite nice because I've not had that before with my other cat because she was always here. But because I trained Foxy so well, he'll obviously be in all the different states with me. Like he will just be traveling with me and let's see what I'm going to be doing over Christmas. But, you know, like I'm going to find a solution for Foxy and, and make sure that that works out too. So I think it's just in general, it's just allowing the animal to be part of your day-to-day in a way but make it such a meaningful part like you said like it's that I think he okay just to put it in words he allows me to remind myself to be present like he's this reminder of being like have you actually spent at least five minutes just sitting down and playing with Foxy not just working are you calming down are you relaxing and I think that just is really beautiful and it's that sense of like you're loved and and there's somebody there who loves you and cares for you doesn't care if you're working or not working like that sense of deservingness for work is just not there and I think I never realized that because I love to work and I didn't have a cat that was traveling with me as much so that was really powerful yeah totally grounds you and I also had this epiphany this year that our animals actually clean our energy yes right? Like if we're carrying something, you know, it could be a grief. It could be uh, anger. Like I love, and I want to talk about some of your uh, manifesting with music work because I think it is phenomenal and going to be what this next hundred years is about. But anyway, um, (laughs) before we get there, let's think back for a second to a hundred years ago, because a hundred years ago, road rage would have been literally with a, a horse and carriage most of the time. I mean, in, in America, I believe it was 1922 was the year that there were more cars on the road than horses and buggies. That was 100 years ago. That was not that long ago. So what that means is that our ancestors going anywhere, doing anything, they were connected to an animal, literally to that horsepower, perhaps an ox, whatever it was, to get them somewhere. And then always coming back to our own two feet, right? And how are we doing in our tribe, in our community? Because if we're showing up angry at everybody, we're probably going to get thrown out of the tribe. (laughs) But living and working with animals who, you know, they, they insist, right? And there, there is definitely a very real chapter about violence towards animals and some, you know, terrible things there. But if we're We just think about the emotional connection side where truly we have to work through and own our part before taking that next step. They're they're like the gatekeepers of our emotions. What do you think? Is that true? I definitely feel like they cleanse our emotions. I do believe that, you know, they are 
they they will calm us down like that's what I was saying like I told my mom I'm like if I'm not home and grandma's going a little bit you know angry or frustrated or whatever hand her foxy and she immediately calms down it's like her entire state changes her entire shift because like you're not going to be mad at him like bless his heart like he's just such a cute little munchkin it's like it's just it completely purifies her energy immediately and for me too it's like no matter what it's like I could just take a moment, lie down on my bed, like whatever happens to my business, I change my state, I go into a different energy and I just relax. And and then the answers are going to be completely different. And the decisions that I make and the choices that I make and all of it just completely elevates from one cuddle, you know, so don't underestimate the cuddles with your pets. I think it makes a huge difference. Yes. Elevated Cuddles. I hope this is going to be a new song. Elevated Cuddles. <laughs> Elevated Cuddles featuring Cat and Foxy. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Something like that. I, oh, I really, really like that. Um, And I like that image of, you know, giving the cat to your grandma and just like how, how it changes things immediately for us. And the other thing I was thinking about is I always joke. So here's, here's a phone, right? So people think even if they're people who don't have pets that they don't have a pet, but I would argue that this is a pet. You take it with you wherever you go, you stroke it, you know, it entertains you, all of these things. But what it doesn't do for us that an animal does do, it doesn't have a heartbeat, doesn't have a soul. It doesn't have that connection, which is so healing. So when you hold this and you meditate on it and you ground like electromagnetic fields is basically all you're going to get. And we can access worlds and all kinds of incredible things here. But the truth is a lot of what's happening here, it's coming from up here. It's not coming from here, right? Whereas when we connect with the animals, they're like, I don't really care what's going on in there because I'm right here with you, right? That's where our emotions are centered, don't you think? Yeah, 100%. I love that. It's true. I think it's just the presence. And I feel because the animals are in person, you know what I mean? Like they're tangible and they're real. And I feel like there's so much that we're doing online in the virtual world. And there's just so many things. It does really bring us back and it grounds us because we're using our hands like properly, not on like an electronic device, but it's like we're there and they play and they just, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it's like, that's why it's the antidote, you know, and for, for us to get it into schools, because great, we've got all these computer programs in schools and all these things, but we're closing down arts programs. We're closing down definitely any sort of animal program, right? I mean, and and what a bummer that is. But you can find schools where they're recognizing, wait a second, we need to help children understand how to relate to animals in this world. Otherwise, who's going to teach them? Exactly, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been, it's been really exciting um, to talk to you about these topics because, I mean, this was my first podcast uh invite to talk about cats and boxy and everything and i think it's just wonderful as well so thank you for having me yeah is there anything we've missed about cats i definitely want to cover that meme that you put out where i was like oh my gosh we got to talk about this you mean the walking crystals one yes yes will you share that yeah i mean actually yeah i mean i think it was on my it was on my personal account when i spoke about loving a cat named foxy and how much i missed him and it's like Cats are like walking crystals, you know, they just bring this energy to you. And I think it's so powerful. And I think 
in in overall in general it's like they have such unreal superpowers that we underestimate because i think it it shows us that we need to take care of our own things i think cats as well but dogs i mean especially if you have a dog it's like it forces you to actually get out of the house right unless you want your dog to you know take care of the needful inside the house like you actually have to move so i think it is there's so many benefits to having pets that go beyond just the mind but even for me i know this is a little bit like controversial but it's like foxy has the energy of insane wealth to me because it's like he only knows private jet you know what i mean like he's literally infused with the energy of flying private that's like it sounds so in a way superficial but it's just so wonderful if such an elevated animal of like he is such a relaxed person in in my person a human animal (laughs) in my mind right in my mind he's a human animal but he's just He's just so unique and special in his own way that it's like, I believe every single cat has that ability for us because it's like you said, they choose us. And I know my cat before wasn't as calm, but it's because I wasn't as calm. It's like, it wasn't a match, right? So I think if we just allow our pets to kind of be our, I I always joke, it's like our little Pokemons, you know, it's like our little superpower, you know, connection pieces. And I just allow myself to have a lot more fun, to be more silly, to just giggle a lot and, and enjoy. And, you know, remember her, that she's still me and and loving her and being like, that is it. And, and actually today I, I did this challenge in the, the members chat, uh, the Telegram chat. And I was like, can we pretend we're 10 years old today and just think about all the things like this morning I drove um, with the red Porsche and I was like, oh, my God, it's like I'm driving a car. I can drive. Like, you know, like, can we get excited about life again like that? It's like we things we take things for granted so much. And then I think like if we allow ourselves to get excited about uh, pets or just small things that we take for for granted all the time, I think our pets are the best living creatures that are the examples um, to just stay grounded, but also be excited and, and practice kindness and relaxation. My gosh, I love that so much. And it's reminding me of the podcast I did last week, which was like a book launch thing. And I talk about this in the book, but the four questions of the shaman to diagnose healing. I'm not sure if you've heard these before. You probably have. Yeah. When did you last dance? When did you last sing? When did you last sit in silence? And when were you last taken in by magical tales? So I feel like, you know, the work Tony Robbins does, the work that you do, the work that the animals are doing with us, they invite us into doing those things. And singing could be purring, you know what I mean? Like there there are ways to connect, but I want to hear about your music because I feel like it's such a powerful way to change state. And I know, and also a bun dance, a hypno dance. Will you just share some of those? And because a lot of people who are listening are very business-minded and will be interested in business boardroom or what you're doing, but maybe the trademarking with those and like where you see them going. Cause I really feel like these are some of your most powerful gifts to share with us here on earth. Thank you so much, Kat. Appreciate you. I think in general, my work is really based on the purity method, right? Like that's something that I always like to explain. And it's a combination of mind, music and movement. And this is something that is that that came through for me around a year ago. But it always has been the case because when we allow to stimulate our mind, 
we allow ourselves to move the energy. And the easiest way, at least for me and many people, is the path of least resistance through music. Because we allow ourselves to shift in a different state and we drop from cognitive to actually heart-centered, right? And the real heart work that we need to do, and again, we need to train the muscles, our heart is a muscle, right? It's, it's again, that daring to love, daring to fail, daring to lose. It's a big thing that many people are afraid of. And I think that's why my entire work is shifting more into the wealth being era, right? Of really allowing ourselves and especially freedompreneurs, conscious millionaires to be healthy, wealthy, and allow them to create, expand, and enjoy their wealth in their own unique way. That's why the tagline is, you know, for business boardroom or the wealth being mastermind. Um, it's if you're a penguin, stop trying to climb a tree. Like if it's not meant for you, like don't do it. You know, like you have to do it your own way. And I think that's why I love so much because in my principles as well, like, yeah, sure. I have one program, which is all about, this is how I did the exact step-by-step on how I built a six-figure multi-six and then seven-figure coaching business right? These are the exact steps. And beyond that, I realized there's an even more joyful, fun way, but I do think the foundation is important. So I do think that's where the mind comes in because, you know, when uh, emotions are high, intelligence is low, it's true, but also can we let our heart lead us? So I think that's where the emotional work that you're also doing comes in very handy and is very important because again, it's like, what are you under the influence of? What decisions are you making based on fear? Are you under the influence of fear? Are you under the influence of love? Are you under the influence of confidence, certainty, magnetism, you know, source or substance, right? Mm -hmm. That's really the question that we have to ask ourselves. And I think that's where it all comes together because every single step we take in the work that I do is stepping one step closer to our goals, literally and also physically, right? It's like, that's the beauty in it. And it's it's that elevated state. So when we use my manifest with music and the wealth activation portal and my wealth being memberships or whatever, we allow ourselves to step more into the energy of abundance, right? Abundance to create from a higher consciousness level because we access answers from a different state. That's why Tony Robbins always teaches us to live in a beautiful state. It's like, which relationship is going to be better? The one where there's more energy and there's more polarity and more connection and passion, right? Of course, because we are actually there. We are alive, right? And I think that's the missing component because even, you know, my clients, like you're all so brilliant, you know what to do. It's just the energy and the untangling the energetic things and mess and limiting beliefs and all that kind of stuff that then allows you to access your genius. It's where genius is mastermind. It's a mastermind for masterminding, you know, like actually using your and activating your genius because it's all within us already. It's just how can we access access that higher state and then also, of course, get the tangible like social media strategy, the tech support, because that is also important to create freedom as a freedompreneur and in your business. So all of the email sequences and the Kajabi and the tech is also working. But don't stop your magic. Simplify to amplify, magnify your magic and have the systems to support that magic. Right. That's key, I think. So that's at least been key for me to enjoy my life while actually enjoying the money that I've created. Right. Oh, so, yeah. absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And it brings you back to some notes from our last call. And yeah. I want to make sure to, to spotlight this, especially as, uh, can you believe it? We're like coming to the end of our hour. <laughs> Time goes so fast. <laughs> You're having fun right. so fast. Um, 
So you said, can we create more heart work instead of hard work? Wow. Yes, 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 yes. And truly, you know, what did we come here for? And this is a question you and I have played around with a lot this year, but like, why do people not do the thing? Why do they not go for it, especially if they can afford it? Like what's going on with the sort of mind block, you know, we could use a swear word there, but to hold people back from, and this is, you know, the title of the podcast and the title of my book is The Adventure Paradox, you know, is that like people want to take the adventure, they want to do the thing, but then either it costs too much or maybe physically it's too much. They feel like they couldn't quite climb that mountain. They're not fit enough, but they've always wanted to do it. Why don't they take the action? What what do you see with this paradox for why people don't do the thing they're really called to do? I think if we really boil it down, I mean, it comes from fear, worry. That's where it starts. It's fear, worry, then, you know, fear of unknown. But if you really boil it down, it comes comes from believing that you're not capable, you know, because it's like, it's, I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I'm so afraid of the unknown. And then I'm so afraid that I won't be capable to handle it when it comes because they don't know what's coming. It's that fear of uncertainty. You know what, what they say, if nothing is certain, everything is possible, right? Like I like to flip it around and actually say, well, this is amazing. If things aren't working, it's just information. What are you doing with it? Like, why is it like what's happening? What do you want to do instead? If this were happening for me, what can I do? So I think it's just allowing people and and invite people and and bring people, especially if they're projectors, to invite people to say, hey, look, this is your way of being courageous. This is something that gets to actually work for you, too. And instilling that belief that you are born innately capable, but it's just, what are you doing about it? Is that passion, is that permission, the passion, the permission, the purpose backed to your mission? And I think that's the most important thing. It's allowing ourselves to know that A, you can definitely do it and B, you are allowed to have fun with it and you don't have to do the things you don't want. Like I keep preaching this in my in my cause. It's like, you literally don't need to do the things you don't want to do. You know, like you really don't. It's like we tell ourselves we should or we have to, but if it already comes with a should, it's probably not it for you. And then just having more examples and success stories. And I love providing those to make sure that people know, okay, you know what? You can actually do it. Here's an example of this person who did it, who did it in a different way. Or this person had everything against, like uh, standing against her. The odds were against her. She defied the odds. She was able to raise her standards and do the things and create the things, right? So yeah, I think it's, I think it's just building resources and references for people that then see, okay, through content, through following me, through following you, of instilling that belief with our tools that they can do it too. And, and just, in the end, it's up to them. I think the moment I just realized it's like, I'm going to do my part, but the person that also believes, like if I believe more in me and I see my value, the other person will also see their value and also believe in themselves and it just becomes a match for it. So, and then we rise together. Yeah, absolutely. And you wrote about this in your book, which I know might not be available right now, but uh, BS, our belief systems. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm so excited. I wanted to give you a shout out. I mean, I posted it on my story as soon as I saw it. I'm like, 
Huge congratulations, Kat. I mean, that is just phenomenal. I'm just so proud of you. I'm not surprised because you are amazing and the work that you do is just, I mean, I want to be that testimony. Like if if you guys are thinking about working with Kat, like I literally have Kat named Foxy as a co-creation with Kat and Kat was my client. You know what I mean? Like it's not about who is who's mentoring clients. Like we always learn from each other. That's the vibe that I that I teach and preach. We all bring our own excellence and our own ways of being. It's like, same power, but equal power, but different. My mentor says that all the time. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. We all bring the gifts to our table. And it's just a matter of selecting, you know, which shops you desire to buy from. And I'm sure you have all different branded clothes, whether it's Zara, H&M, Chanel, or Louis Vuitton, you know, they can all be in your wardrobe. <laughs> it's up to you. And I think that's just such a powerful thing. It's just, what is my next step here? You know, make sure to get Kat's book if you haven't already. And um, that's that, or join my community. If you want to join a free community for freedompreneurs and conscious millionaires, you know, that's, that's the vibe. I think it's so beautiful to co-create in this level. That's why I always love supporting and and sharing and shouting out and sharing everywhere. I mean, I'm streaming this live to my group and my profile and my page and everywhere right now. So hopefully everybody sees this. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I love it. And I also just want to put in here, you know, your culture of celebration, Jasmine, right? I mean, every time we get together, we always start with what are our celebrations, right? Like what's going well? Because then we can get into that deeper stuff of what's not going well. Toast to this podcast, to this conversation, to what's next, and to everyone who's listening that you may find and be love with me, right? Yes, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here as well. And Yeah. Thank you. I love you so much. I'm going to put all of these links into the show notes and I don't know if there's one last thought, anything coming through that you want to share, but it has been such a gift to spend this hour with you. Thank you. It has been such a gift as well. And I think my message that is coming through, if you're watching this and you've made it to the end, trust your calling, Mm. trust yourself, trust your calling, trust yourself. It's not a coincidence. And if you're meeting a dead end, it's something, know that door closed doors are just redirection as protection for what it is that you're meant to be doing. Innately, things are meant to be flowy, effortless. You're meant to do things. And I was like, it's going to be very easy. You know, it takes emotional growth support and things like that and beautiful animals to support you along the way. But, and, and encounter a but, shake it. <laughs> Okay, that's it. <laughs> and turn on some of Jasmine's music. I'm totally yeah? out some of your songs in the links because they are so good. Until you've heard them, you just can't understand how they'll truly change your state and change your life, especially if you dance with them. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to actually, since you've made me host, we can, before we hop off, I'm just going to go ahead and share the audio as well so we can get into the vibe. Oh, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you so much everybody thank you Kat, for having me i love you so much and that I was so awesome oh all right into our tuesday everybody thank you okay the time has come for us to end this podcast episode thank you so much for listening you listened all the way to the end i appreciate you and if you loved this podcast please share it with a friend drop me a review. We all love five stars, but any stars, any feedback is welcome as a guest in the guest house of Rumi's poem, which you can find in my virtual workshop 
on catcaldwellmyers.com. We'd love to see you there if you want to continue the party and have an adventure of a day.